Hello and welcome to Vegas Odds Football. I am your host, Daniel Ocho. In this episode, I'm going to be breaking down all of our Week 5 NFL betting picks, ATS picks, player props, totals, all sorts of stuff ahead of an exciting Week 5. Let's jump in. We begin, as always, with a brief recap of last week. I gave out a Moneyline Parlay. The Commanders really tanked our week, it looks like. The Lions tanked our teaser pick. It was an exciting game, though. I was happy to have a little action on that one because, frankly, that Lions and Seahawks game was just electric from front to back. Who knew that Geno Smith was ultimately going to prove to be one of the funner quarterbacks this NFL season? I certainly didn't. Jared Goff has really come into himself as a player uh, over his last 16 games. His stats are way, way, way better than a lot of guys we regard as elite quarterbacks in this league. Guys like Kyler Murray, guys like Russell Wilson, guys who are making $250 million on their contracts, uh, they have not put up the kind of stats that Jared Goff has over his last 16 games as a starter. This is now more than an anomaly, more than a late season push. I'm buying Goff as a really good quarterback. I don't know if he's a franchise guy. I don't know if he can sustain that sort of success in games that are meaningful because even right now he's putting up these gaudy passing numbers. He's not winning games, and I don't know to what extent he is a winning football player, but he's a competent NFL quarterback, and he's going to kick around the league for some time. I'm a Steelers fan, so I know what incompetent quarterback play looks like, especially this season and the last couple, Uh, and Jared Goff is not giving that to the Lions right now. Something to be happy about if you're a Lions fan. At least you have that bright spot. Even if Goff isn't the guy, you bring him back next year, you have a high draft pick, maybe you have him serve as a bridge quarterback until you bring in that next franchise guy. But if Goff keeps playing like this, I don't see how they can take him off the field next year. I don't see how they can't run it back with Goff at quarterback and hopefully a defense that is not last in the league in defensive spending and isn't allowing the most points of any team in the history of the NFL. I'm excited for the Lions team. Exciting times. This was a great, fun week of football. We had some fun primetime games. The Chiefs were doing exciting stuff on Sunday Night Football. I'm recording this midway through the Monday Night Football game. Debo Samuel just put together one of the coolest long plays that I've seen all season, breaking tackles, just electric play from Debo, a guy who's just done it consistently for two years now. This has been a fun season so far. I think week five, we have a pretty fun slate beginning with an exciting Thursday night game. So let's look at some totals, look at some spreads, and let's jump in. Looking ahead to week five, we have an exciting slate ahead of us, beginning with an exciting matchup of the Broncos and the Indianapolis Colts, Thursday night football. So let's talk about this week's games. Beginning, as always, uh, with the Thursday night football game, we have the Denver Broncos on the road against the Indianapolis Colts. Denver is minus three and a half here. The over-under in this game is set at 43 and a half. The big news coming out of this game on both sides of the ball is running back injuries. Javante Williams on the Denver Broncos, tears his ACL, tears his LCL. On the Colts, Jonathan Taylor dealing with a mystery ankle injury, potentially a high ankle sprain. Adam Scheffner tweeted today that there's a chance that Jonathan Taylor plays. We don't know what his status is going to be as of this recording. So for now, I'm going to assume he doesn't play. I'm taking that with a grain of salt, Schefter's tweet. Taylor didn't finish the game. Uh, He's a guy who I think they're going to play it safe with, especially after what we've seen with some of these Thursday night injuries. Last week, Tua came back, rushed back from a concussion. Obviously, that's not the same as an angle injury here, but I think the NFL has an interest in slow playing some of these injuries now. So pushing the teams not to push guys on three days rest and result in 
big time injuries to some of the faces of the league right now. My money would be on Taylor missing time. So if Taylor does miss time, something to keep an eye out for is some Naheem Hines props. I don't know what his reception total prop is going to be, but in all likelihood, I'm going to play that total. Matt Ryan, over the course of his career, is somebody who's really relied on receivers out of the backfield. That hasn't translated much this season because uh, that Colts offensive line, one that is the highest paid in the NFL, has in fact been one of the worst offensive lines in the NFL production-wise. So now we have uh, no Jonathan Taylor, potentially Deion Jackson, uh, undrafted rookie, taking over a lot of those rushing snaps. But Naheem Hines will be on the field quite a bit. People forget that just two years ago, this guy got a massive contract extension. They're paying him a good amount of money to be there. They they knew that he's a contributing player, Naheem Hines, and, and he really fits Matt Ryan's skill set. Now, I see a natural relationship between the two of them taking hold in lieu of Jonathan Taylor being there. I would be shocked to see him go under five receptions in this game. I know it seems like a high total now, but if he's going to be on the field, he's the kind of player who you really want to force feed the ball to, and Matt Ryan has shown a willingness and an eagerness to do that. On the other side of the ball, I don't quite know what to make of this Broncos backfield in lieu of Javante Williams. My boy Melvin Gordon uh, just cannot stop fumbling. He's the most fumbles in the NFL since 2018, uh, and now he theoretically should be taking a stranglehold of this backfield with Javante Williams gone. But because he can't hold on to the ball, the Broncos coaching staff, big-brained gentlemen that they are, are bringing Mike Boone into the equation, a guy with 400 career rushing yards over like 20 games, and he is going to steal snaps from Melvin Gordon, a former first-round pick, former stud running back. So this is going to be a messy backfield. I don't want to touch it in terms of player props. I don't really like betting on this Broncos team in general. Offensively, they're not fun to watch. As everyone knows, I try to avoid these Thursday night straight-up totals or straight-up plays. If I had a lean here, I would lean the Colts plus three and a half. I don't know what to make of this Colts team, but this is sort of a must-win game. Uh, The loser of this game is going to go back home, and and the coach is going to be on a real hot seat. Frank Reich has escaped culpability for his part in in a disappointing Colts team over the last couple of years, but the Colts have to turn things around at some point, or this guy's just going to be out of a job. Daniel Hackett is a first-year head coach who somehow, through his own ineptitude, has put himself on the hot seat just by being a big dum-dum over the course of the first four weeks. It seems almost impossible, but if he can't pull this game out, I would not be surprised to see yelling from the Broncos fans, from the crowd, to to get this guy out of town at the end of this season. Uh, They have invested a lot into being competitive, this Broncos team. There's a new ownership group taking hold now, and Hackett is not their guy. So this new ownership group could very well try to bring in their own guy next year, replace Hackett, and and try to get things going with Russell Wilson. Next up, our London game, a second London game here. We have the Green Bay Packers versus the New York Giants early in the morning on Sunday. Uh, The Packers are eight-point favorites. The over-under in this game is 41.5. If you're hearing that total, if you're hearing that spread, that is in the teaser zone for us. I am so excited to tease this game. There is no way that the Giants are covering a two-point line. If I can tease this line six points, give me the Packers all day. I don't quite know what I'm going to match that that tease up with, but this is, oh, it's chef's kiss. I know maybe I should be a little bit more worried about a Packers team that could not defeat a third-string quarterback this past week, or at least struggled to defeat a third-string Patriots quarterback. But nonetheless, 
I think this Giants team is just completely fugazi. I don't buy anything they're selling in terms of being a 3-1 team. They're the worst 3-1 team I've maybe ever seen. And now they're going on the road in international waters where the Packers are going to be eager to show people that they are still a Super Bowl contender. Just because they struggled to beat a Belichick-led third-string quarterback team last week doesn't mean that they're not going to put a hurting on an inept Giants team. So... If I had a lean in general in this game, I would take the Packers minus eight, but this is a prime, prime, prime teaser candidate with that low over under total. Next up, the Cleveland Browns at the Los Angeles Chargers. Cleveland is plus three on the road here. The Chargers have no real home field advantage. It's weird, this game. This line is is sort of sneaky to me, right? The over-under here is set at 48 and a half, so another low total that, that we see a lot around here. But my lean here, would be to take the Browns' money line. And that's simply because in watching the Browns play this year, they have a brand of football that I think is really going to give the Chargers fits. If you look on paper, a Chargers team that has aspirations for winning the Super Bowl, that has aspirations for getting deep into the playoffs, really just showcasing their young stud quarterback in Justin Herbert, they should take care of business against a Cleveland Browns team that is missing sexual assaulter Deshaun Watson and in general just struggling on defense. Despite that, the Browns run the shit out of the ball. They have Nick Chubb, they have Kareem Hunt, and Jacoby Brissett has been a commendable stand-in for this team. The Chargers, you know what they can't do the entire time that Staley, their their head coach, has been there? They can't stop the run. They cannot stop the run. They're one of the worst run defenses in the NFL again, another season, despite the fact that their head coach is some sort of defensive guru, and despite the fact that they're one of the highest defensive spending teams in the NFL. Last year, they couldn't stop it. This year, they can't stop it again. I understand that part of this is a schematic adjustment or a schematic theme for Brandon Staley's defensive scheme. But whatever, that, that means nothing to me. If the Chargers can't control the ball, if the Browns can really milk that clock and play a little bit like the Ravens played this past week against the Bills where they kept the ball out of the stud quarterback's hands, uh, then I could see this Browns team pulling an upset here on the road against the Chargers team that has no discernible home field advantage. 40% of this crowd is going to be Browns fans. Somehow, miraculous to me as well, but I think that people are just eager to get out of Cleveland and maybe just want to hop on a flight over to L.A., Listen, the Browns are going to have some some rowdy crowd noise within that stadium there. I think the Browns' run game is going to allow them to dominate the pace of play within this game. And give me the Browns plus three. Give me the Browns on the money line. I, I love the money line play here. I'll probably throw this in a teaser uh, as we get closer to game time on Sunday. But for now, give me the Browns money line. Next up, the Minnesota Vikings on the road against the Chicago Bears. Minnesota is minus seven in this game. They're coming off a closely fought win against the New Orleans Saints in London. Kind of a tough spot for the Minnesota Vikings here. They fly back to Chicago, coming back to the United States from London. No added rest in there. Sometimes they give these teams sort of a longer window to to recover, so they'll give them a bye the following week, something like that. This is almost a travel loss for the Vikings for that very reason. This would ordinarily be a prime teaser candidate for me because the over-under here is set at 43, right? But the fact that this Vikings team is still struggling to finish drives, I understand that the New Orleans Saints are one of the better defenses in the NFL. Their head coach is a defensive-minded head coach. They did an incredible job of halting drives from a Vikings team that has a lot of electric talent there. They have Dalvin Cook. They have Adam Thielen. They have Justin Jefferson. And Kirk Cousins, as a quarterback, has just struggled to really finish off these 
promising drives throughout the course of this season. That may be something that this team whips into shape as the season progresses, as they get more accustomed to this Kevin O'Connell offensive scheme. But to date, my early inclinations to fade this offense, to fade a lot of these skill players because of the struggles that I, that I sort of imagine coming from this Kevin O'Connell offense seems to have been sort of right. Uh, I have a lot of interest in this offense for fantasy and gambling purposes or on player totals, uh, and I'm not feeling good about it. I'm not feeling good about my overs with this team. So give me the Bears plus seven here. It's sort of a travel loss. Everyone's going to be wanting to fade a Bears team that has 450 yards passing through four games or something. So everyone's going to be eager to fade this team. I think that at home, they take care of business, cover a seven point line. I'd stay away on the tees on this total. Next up, the New England Patriots host the Detroit Lions. The Patriots are three-point favorites in this game. Another low over-under total at 47 here. This line is weird to me, man. I, I don't understand how and why, in what universe, the Patriots should be favorites against the Detroit Lions, a team that's been putting up 40 points per game with a third-string quarterback. Brian Hoyer is not going to play here. Mac Jones is not going to play here. The, the undrafted rookie is somehow going to lead this Patriots team to cover a three-point line against what has been one of the more consistent high-scoring offenses over the last season and a half. I don't buy it for one second. I think this line stinks to me. I'm scared to bet it. My inclination would be to hop on the Lions money line. The fact that it's three, the fact that Vegas thinks that the Patriots are going to cover scares me. It scares me a lot. Maybe the books are keen to the notion that this Lions team is okay with not winning games and and sort of okay with competing consistently. If you're the Lions, you're, you're not going to be a Super Bowl contender this year. So you might as well lose, get another top draft pick to help rebuild that defense in free agency and the draft next year, and then still come away from the season with a lot of positivity about your team because Dan Campbell kept you in games, kept you close, kept you losing games in heartbreaking fashion, I guess. But still, it's something to hang your hat on when, when the offseason comes. So if I have a lean here, it's the Lions. I'm going to stay away from the spread, I think, and I probably wouldn't put too much on the Lions here. This line is too fishy to me. I'm too eager to take the Lions typically, but the fact that they're an underdog against a third-string quarterback just screams fishiness to me. So stay away. Stay away from this line if you can. Next up, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers host the Atlanta Falcons in a divisional matchup. The Bucs are eight-point favorites. Uh, the Falcons are one of the surprise teams to me this, this early into the season. They are somehow, miraculously, uh, winning games despite having what I honestly believe, what, what most people, most prognosticators about the NFL believe, to be one of the worst rosters in the entire league. The over-under in this game, another low one, set at 48 Arthur Smith, as a head coach, has shown himself repeatedly now to be a guy who can get the most out of subpar groups. Last year, that, that Falcons team won seven games. It sounds insane now, right? They won seven games with maybe Matt Ryan being completely washed based on what we've seen with the Indianapolis Colts. I'm not sure that I'm ready to get all the way there, but that's possible. And even if Matt Ryan isn't completely washed, that, that roster last year had Olamides Zagayas as their wide receiver one for various points throughout the season. So it was a tough situation for the Falcons last year. Arthur Smith showed himself to be a competent head coach at getting the most out of a subpar group. Now he's doing it all over again. This team won a game last week with 
a quarterback throwing seven passes. It's like a 1970s offense. I've never seen anything like it. Uh, Marcus Mariota threw an interception last week, and the Falcons ran 14 consecutive run plays after that. Arthur Smith essentially said, fuck it, I'm not throwing the ball. I'm not doing it. And you know what? They still won the game. It's a fun group, and despite all of that, I'm not going to take them, uh, plus the eight points. I look at this Bucks team. They're getting healthier now. Tom Brady looked much better as a quarterback, even if he looks like he can't move at various points throughout the game each week. Despite that, I think the Bucks are looking to get right after a tough home loss to the Chiefs last week. I'm going to tease this game because it's another low over-under total, under 49. Prime, prime, prime Wong teaser candidate, uh, a home team here. I can get them down to minus two. I might like a little bit of a a London special with them and the Packers, two of the best teams in the NFC, to my mind. Packers minus two and the Bucks minus two. That's a teaser that I'm that I'm eyeing right now. Uh, but that's probably one I'll lock in. I may keep this Bucks game in some other alternative teasers that I look at throughout the rest of the board here today. Next up, the New York Jets versus the Miami Dolphins. Jets host the Dolphins at home. Jets are catching three and a half points. Another low over under total here. Vegas is just low on these offenses, I think. And and with good reason. The offensive quarterbacks right now are averaging six yards per completion or something. The lowest since 2006. Teams are really struggling to move the ball. Uh, We don't really have more than three or four dominant offenses right now, which seems sort of totally out of funk based on what we've seen over the last couple of years. The over under here set at 44 and a half. Teddy Bridgewater replaces Tua for the Dolphins at quarterback. The Jets are coming off a big win. Zach Wilson looked maybe competent against the Steelers last week. I don't know how much of that was the Steelers not being good and how much of that was Zach Wilson actually developing as a player. Uh, Zach Wilson tried to lose that game about six times last week. The Dolphins come into this game with a lot of injuries to their defensive secondary, something to keep in mind here. If I was looking at a bet in this game, I'd look at some of the player prop totals for the New York Jets in part because of the injuries to the Dolphins secondary. It just feels like a prime opportunity for the Jets players like Garrett Wilson, players like Elijah Moore to cash in yardage, anytime touchdown score. Those kind of stats seem like a really good option for them. Also, maybe look at Tyler Conklin, anytime touchdown scorer. Uh, That guy has been seeing insane volume at tight end for a guy we didn't regard as a a volume-based tight end coming into this season. I don't know how much Zach Wilson could sustain that sort of volume. Uh, Primarily, it was Joe Flacco hitting Conklin underneath constantly, Uh, but he still saw a lot of volume even with Wilson in the lineup. So I think Conklin may find the end zone, may find Pater against this team, especially if the Dolphins sell out to cover Garrett Wilson, the first round pick, cover Elijah Moore. I wouldn't be surprised to see Conklin as an anytime touchdown scorer. And the odds I'm sure are going to be incredible on that one. If I had a lean on the pick here, it would probably be the Dolphins minus three and a half. Bridgewater is not that significant of a step down from Tua, even if Tua showed a lot of promise this year. Bridgewater is a pretty competent quarterback who I think will be able to get the ball consistently to his players like Jalen Waddell, like Tyree Kill, who can make things happen in space. Next up, the Washington Commanders versus the Tennessee Titans. Washington is plus two and a half at home here. Another low over under total at 42 and a half. Prime teaser candidate. Love the tease here. Love Washington plus eight and a half. The Titans should not be covering eight and a half against anybody in this league. Not in the NFL. Maybe the XFL or the USFL. But in the NFL today, the Titans defense cannot cover eight and a half. I I don't trust them whatsoever. Even against a Washington team. Even against Carson Wentz, a guy who looks done. He looks toast. He looks like the guy who has run out of town with Indianapolis, run out of town with the Philadelphia Eagles. 
there was a reason why Carson Wentz has been kicked around the league. There was a reason why they essentially treated him like Julius Caesar and all took turns stabbing him in, in Indianapolis. Uh, this guy is not good. And on top of that, he seems like a major pain in the ass. And now the commanders are slowly losing patience with him. This offense struggled to score points against the Cowboys all game last game. They struggled to score points against a Lions defense in week two that has proven to be one of the worst in the entire NFL. People forget the commanders this season have scored like 15 points, something like that. Their, their scoring in the first half is unfathomably terrible. They, they've struggled to move the ball until the second half. They're the garbage time king so far. Despite all of that, I don't trust the Titans. Give me the commanders plus eight and a half on the tees. Pair it up with one of the two favorites maybe that I told you about before. Uh, before we go, I'll give you my big picks for this week. And the commanders may be in there. Moving on, the New Orleans Saints versus the Seattle Seahawks. The Saints are back at home after a London trip. Ugh, disgusting Vegas line here. Saints are minus five and a half against Geno Smith and the Seahawks. Over under another gross one, 45. I don't know what to make of the Seahawks. Geno Smith has proven to be a competent NFL quarterback over his last eight games starting, but the sample size isn't really there yet. I don't know whether to trust him. Right now, he's one of the most efficient quarterbacks in the entire NFL. He's moving the ball consistently. He's playing better than Russell Wilson, or I don't want to say it too loud. The Broncos fans may freak out. But still, Geno Smith has been a really competent guy so far this year. Despite all of that, this line at the five and a half is a stay away for me typically. I say that. I don't know what James Winston's status is going to be going into this game. If Jameis is out and I can tease this total up to 11 and a half, the estimated value that we typically look at isn't there. But in a low over under game like this, if I can get the Seahawks team that, that's really been able to move the ball relatively consistently uh, to within 11 points, I can cross 10 points. I'm inclined to do it. I think it's a riskier play and I might pair it together with what I regard to be one of the safer plays in the Bucks or, or the Packers here. But it's something that I'm definitely going to keep my eye on as this line crawls or moves as we get closer to game time this week. Next up, the Buffalo Bills versus the Pittsburgh Steelers. Kenny Pickett makes his big-time debut for the Steelers. My Pittsburgh Steelers, they are going to be on the road in Buffalo. They are going to get destroyed. The over-under in this game is 14 points. The, the oh, I'm sorry. It might as well be for the Steelers. No, the, the spread is 14 points, the Buffalo, uh, and the over-under is 47. Another low over-under total because Vegas does not think the Steelers are going to score any points, and they think that Buffalo is going to boat race them. And they are absolutely right. Minka Fitzpatrick, our singular defensive stud at this point, with T.J. Watt out, uh, was banged up at the end of the Steelers game. I don't know what his status is going to be coming into next week. If Minka Fitzpatrick does not play for the Steelers this week in Buffalo, this line may as well be set at, at 25 points, 30 points, because the Steelers are not going to touch Buffalo if they lose their defensive star outside of TJ Watt. It, it's just going to be a bad game. We don't need to talk about this game too much. It's going to be embarrassing. It's going to be sad. It's going to be terrible. Give me Buffalo with the points, minus 14. Oh, this is so sad. Goodbye. The Jacksonville Jaguars host the Houston Texans. Jaguars are seven and a half point favorites. The over under in this game is set at 44 and a half. Uh, the Texans, Always frisky, always frisky this Texans team. They're pretty good consistently on defense. They could not get a stop in the first half. They end up making it a game with the Chargers. I don't know how much to attribute that to the Chargers just being the Chargers, how much to attribute that to this Texans team just having a lot of fight in them, right? Uh, the Jaguars are coming off a bad loss to the Eagles, a game they led by two scores at various points. Their defense could not get much of a stop either. I think the Jaguars bounce back here. Feels like a prime bounce back candidate. I love the Jaguars, minus seven and a half. 
this is a real tease candidate for me as well. I can get down to minus one and a half. I don't typically like to tease divisional games. It just feels gross to me. But if I had to lean anywhere here, it's the Jaguars minus seven and a half. They get right against the Texans. Next up, the Carolina Panthers versus the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, The Niners are playing as we speak. I don't know how that Rams game is ultimately shaking out another Gross, gross, gross over under here. 39 and a half. San Francisco is in the Vegas zone with a five-point spread. They are five-point favorites. I don't think that's enough points. I think the Panthers are one of the worst teams in the NFL, and they are revealing themselves to be. Baker Mayfield is consistently terrible. This guy is over. We're watching him wash out of the league week by week. Matt Rule, as a head coach, is the lamest of lame ducks. You should take advantage of every opportunity you have at this point of betting against the Carolina Panthers. Take the Niners minus five, take them minus six, take them minus whatever this line climbs to because it's not going to stay at five here. This line makes no sense. Everyone should be fading the Panthers until Matt Rule is fired as head coach. Moving on, the Los Angeles Rams hosting the Dallas Cowboys. Dak Prescott's coming back for this game. This should be a fun game. Dak Prescott, Cowboys, In L.A., the stars are shining. We're not going to have Joe Buck on the call, but this feels like such a prime Joe Buck game. Troy and Joe Buck should be calling this for Fox. I know they're at ESPN now with Monday Night Football, but this is their primetime 4.30 p.m. Fox game. It just just feels right. We shall have to overcome. We get Kevin Burkhardt on the call. We get Matt Stafford in primetime. We get Sean McVay, Cooper Cup. All the stars are going to be out. And with Dak returning, this Cowboys defense, I love the Cowboys to win this game outright. The Rams are four and a half point favorites. The over under another low one here, 45 and a half. Give me the Cowboys money line in this game. Their defense is dominant right now. Matt Stafford for his elbow injuries, whatever it is, the Rams are struggling to finish drives. And that is in part falling on Stafford's inability to play consistently. We saw from Stafford against top defenses last year, a propensity to turn the ball over, to create big plays for the defense by throwing pick six and costly turnovers. This Cowboys defense is, is lights out. They are prone to getting in the face of the quarterback. They, they love to do it. Their pass rushers are dominant. Micah Parsons, we're witnessing the onslaught of another just stud defensive player, star freakish defensive player. Every week, Micah Parsons, Trayvon Diggs are just making their presence known. And at this point, I'm not betting against the Cowboys any week because for as much as I don't love their offense, I don't love what they're doing week to week offensively, relying so much on sort of C.D. Lamb's trick plays, kind of, and and I don't love Dak Prescott as a quarterback, even in his return. This defense is a Super Bowl-level defense, and the Cowboys may be able to ride this defense to a deep playoff run, something I did not expect coming into this season. I think this Cowboys defense gives the Rams fits. They they struggle to finish drives, the Rams do, and maybe the Cowboys get in defensively. I, I love taking Cowboys defensive touchdown every week. Eventually, I'll be right about it. And this may be the week. Take Cowboys defense. Anytime touchdown scorer, take the Cowboys money line. I love this game. Next up, a much less fun game. The Arizona Cardinals versus the Philadelphia Eagles. Another Vegas line. Arizona plus five and a half. They are hosting Philadelphia. So they're at home. Another relatively low over under total. Nothing really over 50 this week. 49 and a half in this game. Uh, The Cardinals are coming off a win where Kyler Murray finally came alive in the fourth quarter. He played like a bum for three quarters, and then he did his usual stuff, running around and, and making plays at the end, schoolyard stuff. This Cardinals offense just looks so much better when it's playing off schedule, when all the stuff sort of breaks down and Kyler is allowed to draw some stuff in the sand and, and throw it up to his friend Hollywood Brown. 
I don't know what to make of that, where, where this Eagles team is sort of the total opposite here. Jalen Hurts and, and Nick Sirianni are running an operation. Their offense is really well finely tuned. Uh, they are constantly just putting their players in a position to succeed. So getting the ball to guys like A.J. Brown across the middle, letting guys like Devonta Smith do their work in terms of uh, route tree along the sidelines and just incredible work by this coaching staff, by this quarterback to get their skill guys in a position to make plays with the ball in their hands. Uh, This Eagles team is just shellacking everybody. I love the Kyler Murray under yardage total. Whatever the total is, I'm taking the under here. The Eagles have been massacring quarterbacks week in, week out. They're so hard to move the ball against. The secondary is lights out. I love this Eagles team here. I'm probably going to stay away from the play here. I love the Eagles' money line. I'm not going to play the, the the spread here because I could see a Cardinals team coming through the back door, a little backdoor cover here with Kyler Murray doing his usual nonsense at the end of the game and covering this five and a half. But give me Kyler under yardage total. Give me the Eagles' money line in this game, and I'm staying away from the actual ATS play here. Next up, the Baltimore Ravens versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Baltimore uh, host Cincinnati. They are three-point favorites over under of 48 and a half, not quite breaking that 49 total here again. This is a game that I don't love to bet these games. These divisional games are so crazy. So much craziness happens, especially a division like the AFC North, where it's just constant mayhem among these teams, or it feels like it is at least. I think my lean here is the Ravens. The Bengals are coming off a 10-day rest. The Ravens are coming off a tough, tough physical matchup with the Bills, a game they should have won. The Ravens need a get-right game. This is going to be a fun game to watch. I'm inclined to not bet anything on it because I just want to enjoy a a game between two really talented, loaded rosters that are likely going to be playing for this division come year's end. This is a key matchup. I think maybe the marquee matchup from that late slate. I don't think Dak's going to be maybe all the way there, so this should maybe steal some shine from that, that Cowboys game. Give me the Ravens if I had to pick a lean here, minus three, but Maybe just don't bet it. Sit back and enjoy it like me. It's going to be a fun game. We'll all have a little fun with it. Finally, Monday Night Football, Kansas City Chiefs hosting the Las Vegas Raiders. The Chiefs are seven-point favorites at home. A high over-under total. The Chiefs made them push it up to 51 here. Give me the Raiders plus seven. The Raiders are coming off a big win where they figured some stuff out in terms of their run offense. Namely, give Josh Jacobs the ball and get out of his way. I could see Hunter Henfro coming back from his concussion this week. This Raiders offense is eventually going to click. I think they're going to play this Chiefs team tough. Uh, The Chiefs, I don't think, are going to be able to string together these dominant offensive performances just by virtue of who they have on that roster. So I think week to week, we could see the Chiefs one week blowing a team out, the next week struggling to cover the the spread. And I think that's how Vegas is, is sort of regarding this team, looking at the spread total here. So give me Las Vegas plus seven. Uh, That is our Monday night football game. That concludes our picks. Now let's talk about our big picks of the week. First up, our big teaser of the week, Tampa Bay minus two, and give me the Lions plus eight and a half. I talked about why I love Tampa minus two, and I briefly mentioned before that I don't buy why this Patriots team should be giving points in any capacity. The Lions are the coverage kings. I'm staying away from the straight-up play. I love the Lions' money line. I love them in a tease. Even if this line climbs to three, then you can get the Lions plus nine. We're crossing that number of three to get the estimated value there, crossing that number of seven. So so you can get some value to be had there. My big tease of the week is going to be Tampa minus two and the Lions plus eight. Then my big parlay of this week is going to be 
Number one, the Lions again on the money line, paired with the Packers on the money line, and the Seahawks plus five and a half. The Seahawks are a fun team to watch. They're moving the ball pretty consistently. You can parlay those three teams at plus 500. So you bet 100, you get 500 back. I think it's a fun parlay that should have a chance of cashing out this week. Let's make some money. And finally, our smaller, small, small, small tease of the week is going to be the Jaguars minus one and a half and the Commanders plus eight and a half. We talked about this. We talked about it, right? That that the Commanders are a team that maybe drives you crazy to bet on. Carson Wentz isn't the funnest guy to bet on, but the Jaguars are in a good spot to to bounce back against a Texans team that I don't know what to make of. I think they will maybe cover that seven-point line, but I'm confident in this Jaguars team's ability to at least tease it down to, to one and a half or, or one, whatever you can get it at. And the Commanders, you know what? This team eventually finds its way offensively, even if it takes a half at least. So maybe the commanders figure something out in the first half and don't struggle the entire game to score, and they cover this eight and a half point line. So first tease is Tampa minus two paired with the Lions plus eight and a half. Uh, that's the big play of the week. Then our three leg parlay: Packers, Lions, Seahawks plus five and a half. Then our smaller teaser this week is the Jaguars minus five and the Commanders plus eight and a half. Thanks, as always, for listening to Vegas Odds Football. I'll be back to you guys next week. Talk to you guys soon. Bye now.